It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study. This is the Virtual Bible Study for January twentieth, two thousand eleven. We're glad you're on the other end of the line tonight, and we look forward to hearing from you toll-free at 877-381-4567 over email questions at collegeview.com. And in the chat room tonight uh, with other listeners, you can join in the chat room there. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight. Uh, great to be with you tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Looking forward to a very interesting discussion. It is going to be an interesting discussion. We're going to talk about the end of the world, and can we know when the end of the world will be? And uh, about a quarter after the hour, Paul Begley, uh, who is from the Community Gospel Baptist Church in uh, Knox, Indiana, will join us. He's been on the news uh, this week, I believe, CNN, Time uh, News. Uh, Time, Time Magazine. Time Magazine. He believes that the uh, end of the world is coming because of all the animals that have been dying. Some signs, he says, that are fulfillment of Bible prophecy indicating that the end of the world is near. He'll and so we'll be talking to Paul at about 15 after, but... First up on the virtual Bible study, we have from Columbus, Ohio, Gunther von Haringa. Gunther, I hope I said that right. Hello, oh, Gunther. Uh, there, there we go. Gunther, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Okay. Right. Uh, Gunther, pronounce your name for us so we make sure we get it right. Gunther von Haringa. All right, Gunther. Thank you. You're with Bible Ministries International in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, we've got some contact information for you up on the screen with your with your picture and telling who you are and where you where you're located. Uh, you are with, you are affiliated with a group of people that has a pretty significant presence on the internet uh, and connected with a uh, broadcast company in California called Family Radio. And you all have come to the conclusion that Judgment Day is going to be on May 21st of this year, just a few months away. Am I correct? Yes, you are correct. Uh, the the fellow who is the president uh, of Family Radio is a, is a man named Harold Camping. And uh, I'm not sure if he is the originator of this conclusion, if he's convinced you all or vice versa, but I think that you are all in agreement that the Bible points to May 21st. And what I'd like to get from you in the few minutes that we have to interview you, Gunther, is walk us through how you get to that conclusion. Sure, I'd be glad to. I guess it started about 50 years ago. Hardly any known dates for significant uh, events in the Bible were known. Uh, the only thing that uh, people went had to go by was Usher's calendar, Bishop Usher's calendar. And Mr. Camping did a very intensive study. In fact, he's been studying the Bible inten- very intensely for the last 70 years. But one of the things that he discovered was that Genesis 5 and 11 are calendars. And just as we date things today by Jesus Christ, uh, in Genesis 5 and 11, you have various patriarchs that are named. And 
those individuals actually were calendar reference patriarchs. Just like we date things by Jesus Christ, they, during their lifetime, uh, were the calendar for that particular day. And as a result of that uh, very intensive study, he uh, realized that uh, the Bible, this this is not a man's calendar, this is actually a calendar that the Bible gives, and those and that information is very significant because we can go all the way back to creation, 11,013 B.C. We can date the flood of Noah's day, 4990 B.C. And 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 as a result of that, we can also go into the future let, as let well. Me, let me stop you just a minute there, Gunther. Let, sure. let me make sure I understand what you're saying. You're, you, you are are saying then that the genealogies in Genesis are not literal, that the people mentioned there are actually sort of reference points in history, but not that's not a literal chronology of the genealogy. Am I correct? Well, yeah, you have, you have to understand that, and this is what he discovered, was there was a clue phrase called by his name. And when that uh, phrase was used, there's another phrase, which is, which is begat. Uh, the begat can refer to a descendant maybe quite a bit down the road. But when it, when it has um, a call by his name, uh, then you have an immediate father-son relationship. Unless there's other information, you know, in the text that would indicate that anyway. Just a okay. quick, just a, one quick question. We don't want to stop you too much. But now, when, so these are milestones. How do you get the time in between them? How do you know how far it is in between the, 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 the people that are listed? Well, the way it works is that in the year that one calendar patriarch died, in fact, on the very day that the calendar patriarch died, another calendar patriarch was born. And so it's, it's seamless. And, of course, only God could do that. And, and that's why it's really astounding when you think about that he's given us this information. That in itself doesn't necessarily take us to May 21st, 2011, because God had hidden that information, May 21st, 2011, for a good reason. It says, and people like to quote this a lot, no man know the day day or the hour. Uh, And that was true uh, for the duration of of the, the, the New Testament church age, which lasted from 33 A.D. to 1988. Let me, stop you. Let me stop you. years. Let me stop you here just for a minute. Now, sure. Uh, we we really want to let you get you get get this out, but you're suggesting that th- that. And I read in an article which said that about 35 years ago, God began to open the true believers' understanding of the timeline of history, and it was not until a very few years ago that the accurate knowledge of the entire timeline of the history was revealed to true believers by God from the Bible. Now. I, how how was that revelation process? How did that happen? Uh, what what is your uh, explanation well, of that like, statement? Like I said, um, Mr. Camping, uh, who, who is an engineer by by uh, by trade, and and very methodical, and had a great love for the Bible, and just was very interested because nobody knew any dates fifty years ago, and that's one of the reasons why he was prompted. Uh, to do this kind of study, and in the process, he realized, wait a minute, this is a calendar. But and was he prompted? Was he prompted, was he prompted supernaturally? I guess is what I'm asking. 
I'm sorry? Was he prompted to do this supernaturally? Did God speak to him in some direct way? To, uh, no, no, it... no. There, wa there wasn't a vision or a voice or anything like that. Okay. But a, a tremendous inclination and a tremendous urge. He had the work ethic to do this. Not everybody can do this. Not everyone has, you know, that kind of mind to be able. It's very, very complicated. Uh, very, very complex. It sounds like it. Uh, now, uh, he, he went back in time to 11,000. 13 BC for the creation of the world, and then he came to the end of the world at May 11th, 2000, May 20th, 2011. May 21st. But, now, but how, now, does, how does he yeah. get to that point? Okay, we've been interrupting well, you too much. As I Scott. said, that information about May 21st was sealed up uh, in Acts 1 7. It says the disciples asked the Lord, they go, you know, when, when will be the sign of, uh, no, that's a different verse, but they're say, essentially they're saying, <clears throat> uh, when can we know uh, when you're going to come back? And he says, it's not of you to know the times and the seasons. Uh, it's actually, it, it says that uh, it's not for you, but that word for is, is really the word of. He basically, that information was sealed up. God told Daniel in the book of Daniel, uh, seal up this information until the time of the end, in Daniel 12.4 and Daniel 12.9. Uh, and so... Uh, uh, try as as they could, everyone that came up with the date, and we have you know significant people, for example, like Martin Luther in the Reformation, or Sir Isaac Newton, or the Westminster Assembly. These are men that all came up with dates, very solid believers, well-meaning believers who love the Lord, who love the Bible, and were very interested in the time of the end. Uh, but yet. Uh, they did, they were not privy to that information. God had sealed it up. It, it's always been in the Bible, but God had, had not opened our understanding until we're very close to the end. As I said, about 1988, uh, information started coming out, and then uh, it, it's been solidified in the last couple of years because we have proofs. Well, now, what would be the Bible text that reveal... You said now the, this, the end time was not known now until Mr. Camping discovered it. It was there but hidden, it was, but it, it became unsealed. His eyes were opened. He was able to discern it. What are the, verses that, what are the ver scripture verses that, that lead to this specific date? Well, for example, in, in Acts 1-7, it says that Jesus said nobody could know. Right. Okay, it's not of you. That word, times and seasons, is only used one other place where both words are used together, and that's in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 1 through 5. And it, and it says, it repeats the same sentence, but it says that we will know, there are those that are going to think that Christ is coming as a thief in the night, but there are other uh, people that will know the timing, and he refers to them as being in the light. And so that's, that's very significant. Uh, because the Bible uh, nowhere tells us that we cannot know. Yeah, got the, fact, we, we would like to know, though, how do we know that it's May 21st? In other words, if I wanted to do the same calculations that Mr. Camping did, sure. what, what Bible verses would I put in a, in a row that would lead me to this conclusion? For example, um, in, uh, in Genesis, uh, God tells Noah a week before the flood uh, to get all the animals onto the ark. And uh, if we go to Second Peter 3.8, the context there has to do with the flood of Noah's day. 
And in that, we find a little formula. It says a, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. Okay? And that's, a, that's, that's not an incidental statement. Uh, God is giving a very heavy uh, timeline clue there. So and he's basi- basically saying when you apply that to what he said in Genesis, one week, seven days, he's basically saying in 7,000 years, you have 7,000 years to get into the safety of the ark, and we know the ark represents Christ. Um, the, the flood of Noah's days was 4990 B.C., uh, if you add 7,000 years and subtract one, you get to May 21st. You get to the year 2011. Now, what about May 21st? Uh, when God told Noah the flood would come, it's recorded that it was the 17th day of the second month of Noah's calendar, which is a 30-day calendar. Now, it's, it happens that May 21st, 2011, is the 17th day of the second month, not of Noah's calendar, but of the Jewish calendar, okay, which is a lunar calendar. It goes on 29 and a half days per cycle. And so there you have a magnificent proof uh, that God is giving uh, for his return. And it's very significant that he gives us this information because without a clear date, the believers could not warn the world of judgment and every time that God has brought judgment he's warned the believers first uh, okay. so that they can warn the world okay well I, under, I, I think I understand uh, how you got that number now and I appreciate that explanation we uh, earlier today we have a, a considerably large update list that we send out uh, information about our program Gunther and earlier today I sent out news that you would be uh, on our program and Real quickly, I've got a couple of questions, and I suspect it's the kind of questions that you get a lot when you specify a date and people are not convinced. Uh, uh, Mohan in Chicago, Illinois, asks, should people drop out of school since education will be worthless after May 21st? Is it useless to save for retirement? Uh, Would you recommend that people quit their jobs, that sort of thing? Well, no, because uh, family radio does not... um they're not in the business of telling people, you know, what to do as far as that goes. It's, it's an individual uh, decision that each person has to grapple with themselves uh, if they truly believe this is the case. Well, maybe, but, maybe, maybe more specifically then, uh, would you – are you convinced enough about this that you would make financial and retirement and – all such kinds of considerations based upon the certainty in your mind that May 21st is the end. Oh, speaking personally, yes, absolutely. Now, yeah, is I'm your... not making any any plans. I don't want to have any money beyond May 21st, 2011. So is your organization still accepting donations? Sure, well, of course. Now, that that it... will go on right till May 21st. Is your budget, do you have your budget planned out so that you're, you have a zero balance at May, on May 21st? Well, I can't, I can't speak for family radio, but I know that they are definitely wanting to use all of their funds uh, for this effort. And what about your personal balance? Will your bank account be empty on May 21st? That's, that's what I'm, I'm definitely uh, doing. Okay, sure. great. Gunther, we thank you for your explanation of, of, of your dating system. Uh, we appreciate – we don't agree, and I think I told you that when we set this up, that we've not become convinced of that at all. Uh, but we we wanted to hear you explain 
how you come to that conclusion. And I think you've done a good job of that. We appreciate you, your willingness to be with us on the virtual Bible study tonight. Uh, and uh, we thank you very much for joining us from Columbus, Ohio. Thank you very much. It's, it's my pleasure. And if anybody wants further information, they can go to uh, familyradio.com. Yes, familyradio.com. We've also got your website up, bmius.org. So, uh, yes, sir. Thank you, Gunther. We appreciate it. My pleasure, sir. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we'll get uh, Paul Begley on the line. And he believes that all the dying animals are another sign that the world is about to come to an end. What do you think about that? Uh, listen to, uh, to these messages. Get your thoughts together on email in the chat room. And be ready to call uh, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The Virtual Bible Study continues after this announcement. Hello. Hey, Matt. No, I don't have any plans for Friday night. What are you doing? Oh, I won't be able to go with you to watch that movie. Because, Matt, the movie is rated R. Hey, why don't you just come over and hang out at my house Friday night? Great, I'll see you there. Being pleasing to God means that you may have to be different than the crowd. But don't be afraid to stand up for what's right. It just might find it is easier than what you expect. A message brought to you by College View Church of Christ. My name is Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and we hope you'll tell others about the program. We're always open to your feedback concerning topics for discussion and suggestions as how we can make the program more effective. Drop us a line at questions at collegeview.com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. And we welcome you back to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. 877-381-4567 is the number to call. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use, and you can join in the chat room with other listeners tonight. If you're in the chat room and you don't have a username, uh, at the bottom of the window there for the chat room, you can just give yourself a nickname uh, by logging in there, and you don't have to give any other personal information. You can chat with other listeners. We're talking about the end of the world tonight. Are there any signs? And we've got on the line with us now Paul Begley. Paul, I talked to you yesterday and again today. I, I think your phone's been rang, ringing off the hook because uh, CNN picked up a YouTube video that you had done, and they put it on right on the front page of their website, I think, and you've been getting all kinds of hits on your YouTube channel. You have come to the conclusion that a lot of these animal deaths that have been reported, I think the one that was the, made the biggest splash in the news was like on New Year's Eve, uh, 5,000 or more birds just fell out of the sky in BB, Arkansas. There's been some other events, and I... I you have concluded this is the fulfillment of biblical prophecy indicating end of times. Am I right? Uh, yeah, or at least it's it's indicating that we're leading up to a major event at the end of time. It's definitely... It's a uh, sign. You'd say it's a sign. Yes, it's, a, it's definitely biblical signs that is leading us to the next phase, or it's, we're on the brink of another phase of the end of time fulfillment. Um. Give us what we want to do for a few minutes here, Paul, is give you a chance to kind of give us the the gist of your biblical reasoning with with the Bible verses that have led you to this conclusion. Okay. Now, first of all, you're not uh, affiliated with Family Radio, Harold Camping, or Gunther 
Von Haringa that we were just <laughs> interviewing. I, I, I don't think that you have landed on the May 21st date, right? Absolutely not. Okay, no, all right. I'm so, not in that camp, no. Okay, so I want to make sure we No, got... because my, uh, yeah, my, uh, my prophecy, which is not mine, I call it the Hosea, uh, the Hosea prophecy, has, it's pointing that we're moving in the, it's, it's verifying that the world is moving into a final day, or basically the second coming of Christ, where the other fellows, uh, they're basing, I'm not sure what they're basing, basing their May 21st, 2011, into the world date, or the Mayan calendar at December 21st, 2012. Mine, I'm not, I don't have a date because the Bible says no man knows the day nor the hour that the Son of God will come. So what I'm doing is taking a look at the, the major events that took place New Year's Eve. Starting with New Year's Eve, the 5,000 blackbirds fell out of the sky in BB, Arkansas in a one mile radius at 12 minutes to midnight was a significant event. Scientists have yet to tell us their explanation. The government says maybe a few fireworks startled them, they had a heart attack. I would rather lean to the Bible and take the book of Hosea, the fourth chapter. But before I read that for just a second, the next day, 100,000 drumfish washed ashore on the river, the Arkansas River, 100,000 fish during a 20, only during a 20-mile portion of the river, right. not the beginning or the end. I saw that in the news, again, too, yeah. Again, that's a, it's a phenomenon. Scientists can't answer the question. Uh, two days after that, two million fish washed ashore at the Chesapeake Bay in Maryland. Um, there's been 3,000 blackbirds that fell in Texas. There was another 2,000 in Louisiana. There's been, I mean, there's been numerous blackbirds falling in groups. As now, well as fish washing ashore. Now, the the, the one uh, I think that CNN was reporting and they connected with your YouTube site was I think two two hundred cows in Wisconsin fell dead in a field. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, we've we've seen that information in the news. Now, tell us how this connects to Bible prophecy in your mind. Okay. If you go to Hosea chapter four, three verses, if I can read those. Okay. Just three great. Verses. Great. Hosea says, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Or in other words, he has a problem. He's upset because there's no truth, nor mercy, nor knowledge of God in the land. And because of this, by swearing and lying and killing and stealing and committing adultery, they break out. In other words, there's no boundaries to what they will do. There's no consciousness, no moral standard. And blood touches blood. The circumstances and the consequences is biblical. Now, now what, therefore... What, what, let me stop you just for a minute before you read the last verse. The, the blood yeah. touches blood. You connected that with the oil spill in the Gulf, the BP oil spill in the Gulf, uh, and the tar balls that washed up on the beaches, uh, was was this part of the prophecy? Maybe blood touches blood, the water turns to blood? Well, no, no, no. The, uh, the, the BP oil spill prophecy is a separate prophecy, okay. and that's from, Revel that's from Revelation chapter 16, verse 3. Okay, we'll go to that in Revelation. Minute. Okay, go ahead and finish we'll this. We'll go to that in a minute. But let's finish this. Blood touches blood is the actual death and murder 
and things that go on during this period of time. What's been going on? We have gang violence in the streets, a lot of violence in a lot of places. We got wars. Okay, so we got the swearing, the lying, the killing, the stealing, and committing adultery. Then here's the key, verse 3. Therefore shall the land mourn. Everyone that dwelleth therein shall languish or waste away. The beast of the field, which are the cows that fell in Wisconsin, and now there have been 7,000 buffalo fell in Vietnam. The fowls of the heavens, of course, the blackbirds, and yea, the fishes of the sea or the rivers or however you want to see that. They're coming up in the Chesapeake Bay. They're in the rivers. They're over by New Zealand. So what I'm saying is, is in a 14-day period, this prophecy has been fulfilled from from New Year's Eve blackbirds in Arkansas to the 100,000 fish in the river in Arkansas to the 14th of January when the 200 and some cows fell over dead. you got to understand, cows don't just, 200 cows just don't fall over dead. And I've heard explanations, well, maybe they froze up. It was 28 degrees that night. And then there's been some guessing that maybe it was an infection or pneumonia or a diarrhea type of disease, infection. If that was the case, you would have one or two cows die with six or seven sick. 200 cows do not. I live, you know, I live in northern Indiana. Two, there's dairy farms all around me. 200 cows do not fall dead overnight. 5,000 blackbirds do not fall from the sky at just before midnight. Uh, and, you know, you notice what, the, what I want to say is God was sending a message by fulfilling the Hosea prophecy that we are getting close to the brink of the beast how, or at some point the tribulation period. I don't how know how clo- close. How close, Paul? I mean, if you were... I don't... I mean, are we talking are we talking weeks, months, years? What do you think? I, I think we're still years. I think we're still years. I mean, there's no way to know. All you can do is read Matthew 24 with, the, you know, the there'll be earthquakes in diverse places, famines, pestilence, wars, rumors of wars. Nation against nation, kingdom against kingdom. All these are the beginning of sorrows. False prophets will rise. You know, you can read Matthew 24. It, it's like reading the newspaper. Yeah, Paul, yeah. I, I got to stop you before you go on, though, and, and leave the prophecy of Hosea. It's a prophecy addressed to the children of Israel, one addressed to the children of America. How do you, how do you reconcile Absolutely. How do you reconcile that? Uh, great question. It's a great question. It is addressed to Israel at the time. The, but at the same time, uh, I was uh, looking at Haley's handbook yesterday and just kind of chuckled because in the when he addressed Hosea, Haley's handbook, the first three verses of Hosea he doesn't even mention. He only addressed four, verse four, the rest of the chapter, and he he refers to the idol worship, the idolatry, the spiritual adultery. Matter of fact, Hosea had to marry a prostitute. God forced him to, so that he would know what it feels like to be married to a harlot. And he, and he said, now that you understand that, now you understand how I feel. I'm God, and the children of Israel have backslid, and they're married to the whoredoms of idol worship. And, and well, that's our so understanding. Is, uh, our, that's our understanding have, of Hosea is that he was talking to the the, the people of God of that day. But that's but how does exactly? How do you, but let, well, let me explain. It's just like all of the Bible in the Old Testament. He spoke to the children of Israel of that time, other than the prophecies, maybe of Isaiah, of the coming of the Lord, you know, a child, uh, a virgin shall conceive and a child shall be born. 
if you take it and look at all of the stories of the Old Testament for the children of Israel, they were at that day. But we as Christians living in the Grace Covenant constantly refer back to the Old Testament to get a better understanding of the New. Even Jesus, when he was preaching to the Pharisees and scribes, constantly quoted Old Testament scriptures to prove New Covenant uh, faith. Or belief. Of course, that so was the scripture. We, that was the scripture of his day. There wasn't any New Testament scripture, obviously. No, that's right. But but he had to use the Old Testament. He had to, and he constantly referred back to it in establishing the New Grace Covenant. And he wasn't the only one. Read Apostle Paul's writings, the Episcopal, all the epistles, especially the Book of Hebrews. He constantly. I mean, the eleventh chapter of Hebrews is what's called the chapter of faith. That whole chapter is Paul quoting Old Testament scripture yeah. and applying it to new. Well, so we, we, the we, argument, the we, argument that Jose, wait a minute, wait, the, and I have, I've had, you're right, my phone is running off the hook, and these are the exact questions I'm asked by theologians or pastors. Paul, this was God speaking to Hosea. True, but not Hosea only. Just like all the other Old Testament scriptures, it's an example. It's a shadow of things to come. You know, okay. you know that scripture. Sure. Okay. Real quickly, Paul, because we need to get let you go here. But we want. I wanted to ask you about you. I was intrigued by on your YouTube uh, channel. You had a video about the BP oil spill uh, being a fulfillment of things in Revelation 16. Tell us that real quick. Okay. Yeah. Um, in Revelation 16:3. Uh, it says, and I don't, I could have to turn over there real quick, but basically it tells you that the water will turn yeah. like a dead man's blood. The Revelation 16 dead, verse 3 says, And the second angel poured out his vial upon the sea, and it came, became as blood of a dead man, and every living soul died in the sea. Right. And then, uh, so basically the BTL spill, and you can also read it in Revelation 8, it basically as it looked in John's day, it looked like a mountain was burning and fell into the sea. And every and the, then the water turned red like a dead man's blood. But when the BP hospital happened from a distance, that deep horizon oil well burning would have looked like a burning mountain from, from a distance. As it went into the sea, of course, 11 fellows were killed. Then we all know that we had to stand and uh, sit and watch CNN for 150 days or whatever it was with oil spilling. The, the, the water literally turned red, and clots of blood floated up on the Pensacola Beach and all along the Gulf Shore. It looked like clots of a dead man's blood. Fish, of course, washed up, pelicans, whales, uh, seals, dolphins. I mean, this has been a mess. And now they tell us that the entire bottom of the sea is completely blanketed with oil. The shrimp, everything, it's going to be years before they can recover, if they ever recover. Well, okay, now uh, let me ask you, though, because you, you pick up right in the middle of context there in Revelation 16. This, that's the second angel. The first angel, which it would have already occurred, would be uh, the angel that went and poured his vial upon the earth, and there fell a noisome and gr uh, grievous sore upon the men which had the mark of the beast and upon them which worshipped his image. Where, when does that happen? Right, and of course, in Revelation, it does not always go in chronological order. I mean, the prophecies of Revelation bounce around constantly. Okay, you'll get a you'll get you'll get a chapter that will tell you one thing, and and then you, a few verses later, it's talking about a different time period again. All right, 
All right. Well, Paul, okay. uh, uh, we, we're at time. We're at time for a break, and uh, we're going to we're going to thank you for joining us on the virtual Bible study. Thank you for your explanation. Uh, again, Anthony, if you can put up his contact info, your YouTube channel is uh, Paul Begley thirty four. I believe. Am I right? That's right. Uh, yeah, yeah and I appreciate and, that. And you got a lot right, of let me, videos there. Uh, me, I got to tell you, Paul. Let me that, say one last. Sure, go ahead. Can I say one last thing, and that is, I I want to appreciate you guys having me on. I enjoy this. I, it's a great broadcast you have here. I like this. Uh, I like to say the reason God is speaking to me and, and about this end time is truly we are getting closer to the events that's going to lead us up to the second coming of Jesus Christ, and you and I and all of us can agree. That is the event we're all looking for. We've got to be ready. We agree that we need We've to be ready. We've got to be saved. Real quickly, We've Paul, you just saved. said You're something. Right. You just said something. I've got to ask you to, before I let you go. Is okay. God is God specially speaking to you to reveal these interpretations? Are you, are you getting some direct revelation from God that leads you to these interpretive conclusions from Hosea, for instance? Uh, I think every minister gets some revelation from the Bible through prayer and Bible reading at times. Anytime we preach a sermon, I get revelation. God reveals something to me. It isn't that I'm the only person I revealed it to. I'm sure he's revealing to other people as well. But is it it? Uh, like, what I'm asking the, the is... Hosea, the Hosea... Yes. Is it extra biblical? Is it extra biblical? Is it something extra more than... In other words, I read no. Hosea. I never, I never came to your conclusion no. reading Hosea 4. But no. did God lead you to that conclusion in an extra biblical sort of way? Not in an extra biblical, in a biblical way. He, what he does is God reveals through his word and by his word. Yes, he did reveal to me that these were fulfillment of prophecies leading us to the end. But it isn't, it isn't be, uh, extra biblical. It is from the Bible. Okay. All right. Every, on, prophecy, every prophecy must be scripturally based or it's a false prophecy. Okay, right. Paul. Thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for joining us from Knox, Indiana. For those who are listening, Knox is up in northwestern Indiana, not too far from Chicago. Uh, uh, we appreciate you joining us on the virtual Bible study tonight, Paul. I appreciate it. My church is is Community Gospel Baptist Church in Knox, Indiana, and everyone that's within a hundred miles. Come on. Well, th- thanks for joining us, Paul. We appreciate it. All right. We're going to take a break, and then we'll take your calls, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeu.com, or you can join in the chat room with other listeners tonight. There's a lot of commenting going on. I think we've got several people who want to talk, so give us a call or send us an email. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. A man begins to neglect his spiritual duties. Though once faithful to attend all the assemblies, now he never does. He has basically severed all ties with the local congregation. He refuses to return calls and is never available to meet with concerned Christians who try to visit with him. Finally, a face-to-face meeting is set up. Why has he followed this course of action? What has happened to cause his dramatic change in conduct? Here's his explanation. He says, I know I'm not living right. I have a problem with sin in my life. I'm tired of living a lie. When I come to church, I feel like a hypocrite. I just can't continue on like this. So I've decided to stop the charade. I won't be coming to church anymore because I don't want to be a hypocrite. What can we say about such a situation? Certainly hypocrisy is an ugly thing. In fact, the hypocritical scribes and Pharisees received Jesus' strongest words of condemnation. It is right, therefore, to rid oneself of hypocrisy. 
And we definitely ought to be honest with ourselves about such a situation because 1 John 3.20 says, If our heart condemn us, God is greater than our heart and knoweth all things. However, here's where we think the fella in our example, along with many real people, make a very serious mistake. The man assumes that he has only two alternatives. One, continue to act like a hypocrite by remaining in his sin while making a pretense of faithfulness. Or, two, give up his service to God completely. It's a false dilemma. Those are not the only choices. What has been overlooked here is the right choice. Repentance is the answer. Yes, you should stop being a hypocrite, and you can do so by repenting. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I am Nestor Sanchez from Arica, Chile, in South America, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. And this moment, I invite you to participate in this program, too. Gracias. We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and we welcome you to the uh, virtual Bible study if you're just joining us. We're talking about the end of the world. We've been talking with uh, Gunter von Herringa and Paul Begley. Uh, Gunter is uh, part of a group that believes the end of the world will come on May 21st of this year. You don't have any t- much time to prepare if you believe that. And Paul Begley believes that all the dying animals are signs. Now, he's not predicting the day. No, no, he doesn't But, but he says that the, that these are signs, uh, fulfillment of biblical prophecy, indicating things leading up to the end. Right. We want to analyze both of those uh, uh, fellas and the things that they had to say. We want to get our input uh, concerning their comments, but we've got a phone call. Jacob, all let's right, catch a did. phone call real quick. Steve is in Dallas, Georgia, not Dallas, Texas, uh, Dallas, Georgia. Steve, welcome to the Virtual Bible Study. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. I love what you guys are doing. I wish more churches of Christ were as, as uh, open as you guys. Well, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, Steve, what do you think about what you heard? Well, uh, I've been studying the return of Christ for 15 years, and I just recently posted a, uh, my own teachings on the uh, YouTube. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I don't know where they come up with this stuff. Uh, Christ uh, was using Jerusalem as the key, both uh, in Matthew 24, verses 1 through 3, for its destruction, and uh, in Luke 21, 24, uh, tying that in with the sign of his return, it all had to do with uh, with Jerusalem and the rebuilding of the temple when they lost it in 70 A.D. and, and, and the fact that they're planning to rebuild it very soon. Well, now l- let me make sure I understand you, Steve. You're, are you saying that there's something about Matthew 24 that applies to today? Yes, sir. What part of it does, God? Uh, now, uh, before you do that, I'm going to take away from you. The first thirty-five, or verse uh, first thirty-four verses, anyway, because Jesus said in verse thirty-four of Matthew twenty-four, "Verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled." So everything prior to verse thirty-four has got to be talking about things in that lifetime. I believe I personally understand them to mean things leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem. Yeah, I, I know. Church of Christ teaching. No, no that's not um, Church of Christ church. teaching. Steve, that's not Church have, of Christ preaching. No, I got to stop you there. I got to stop you, Steve. Steve, Steve. I got to stop you, Steve. Wait, I got to stop you and say that's not Church of Christ teaching. Steve, I don't think you're getting. Steve, hang on. He can hear you. Hold on. You got to wait a minute. I got to correct you. I'm not going to let that stand. That is not Church of Christ teaching. 
Verse 34 of Matthew 24 says, This generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. Now, that's not something that the Church of Christ has, has come up with. That's what the Bible says. I know. Okay, let, let, let me deal with that, okay? Okay. Here's, here's what we need to understand. If you go to the, to the parallel scriptures in Luke, this generation, and in verse 32, and then in verse 23, he says, this people. Now, the word this, in those two instances, uh, most people don't make any differentiation between the two, but those are two different Greek okay. words. What are the words? What verses now? In Luke 21, right? Uh, in Luke chapter 21, verse 23, he says, uh, upon the land and wrath to this people. He's talking about the contemporaries back in 30 A.D., the Jews in, in his time. Okay. You see that in verse 23. Right. He says, jump, wrath jump on this people. Verse 32, he says, truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all things take place. That's the parallel of what you just right. spoke of. Right. Those are two different Greek words. Well, what's a, but, but what's this? They may be different words, but what's the significance of the difference? This generation and this people. What's the difference? Okay, how, how could the, it be? Second, how, in verse thirty-two, if you go to your Strong's, uh, it's number thirty-seven seventy-eight. Putos. Uh, it means that generation. He's speaking of a different generation, and in context. He's talking about the generation that's going to see the sign of of his coming. And the sign of his coming is Jerusalem no longer trampled under foot of the Gentiles. When that is fulfilled, that generation would see the Son of Man come back in the sky with power and glory. Look up for your redemption draweth near. So those two words cannot be used to... to speak of the contemporaries of of uh, his age, he's talking about two different people. He says, this people, in verse 23, and then this generation, which should have been translated that generation, different well, Greek word. What about what about Matthew's account in Matthew 24, 34? Is that the same Greek word? I don't know. You'll have to tell me when he says yeah, this. Yeah, it's, it's number 3778. And it should have been that generation. Well, now you, that's too different. No, that's not the same Greek word you told us was in Luke twenty-one. Uh, um, yeah, what, what, is Luke, that Luke twenty-one thirty-two? Thirty-two is the word hutos. And what what number? What's your strong numbers there? Thirty-seven seventy-eight. Okay, now what is it over and here? And the other number Matthew, fifty-one twenty-nine. And Matthew twenty-four thirty-four. What's your strong It's 3778 should have been that generation. It's the same Greek word in, in Matthew and Luke? Yes. All right. Uh, okay. you, let's uh, well, let, let's quickly, Steve, uh, you, you, you say there's some signs, but you've got to overcome some other passages one, that tell one us. One sign, not signs, plural. Okay, there's one sign, but you've got to tell, you've got to, you've got to deal with some other passages. Tell us the day of the Lord can come as a thief in the night, and uh, that day and hour knoweth no man. Okay, that day and hour knoweth no man, verse 36. Okay, in context, there were three questions put to Jesus in verse 3. The first is, tell us when will these things be, having to do with destruction of the temple, not one stone torn upon another. The second question is, what, not when, will be the sign, not time, of your coming? 
And the third question is of the end of the age. Now, Jesus answers three questions. Now, in verse 36, verse 35 leads into it. It says, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But of that day and hour, what day and hour? Heaven and earth passing away. That's the day and hour that's in question. And these two verses answers, when is the end of the age? Jesus says, I don't know. Okay. All right. All right. Well, now, you, now, you can go to Revelation chapter 20, and you can see in context when heaven and earth passes away. Jesus said, I'm not sure of that day and hour. Okay. R- real quickly, Steve, we got to get some other comments, but tell us your conclusion. What do you think? You say you've been studying this for some time, and you're, you're convinced that it is... Fifteen years. Fifteen years from what? Uh, that I've been studying it. Oh, you've been studying it 15 years. Now, wh- wh- when's, when's it going to happen? Well, is it in this generation? Is it in this? Trumpets, the fall holy days, are going to be fulfilled with the second coming, as the spring holy days were for his first coming. Literally on the day Jesus was a Passover on the day of Passover, he was first fruits on the day of first fruits. Pentecost was on the day of Pentecost, and so the, the literal fulfillment of the first coming was literally on the spring holy days. The fall holy days, collectively called the in gathering, the feast of in gathering, have to do with the uh, bringing in of the, the crops, uh, spiritually has to do with the second coming and the reaping of the earth. Well, the wheat from uh, the tares. So, so, when, so when is it going to? When's it going to happen? Uh, we don't know what year, but we do know the sign. And the sign was when Ju- the Jews took Jerusalem back in the Six Day War in 1967. Jesus said the generation that saw that sign. Would not pass away. Until How long's a generation? Man come back. How long's a generation, Steve? Well, it's it's at least forty years, and that's that's a million dollar question. We're, we're past that already, right? Mark in two thousand seven, right? But I believe that we're we're living on borrowed time, and it could be this year or next year in the fall. The the Jewish holy days are September thirtieth of this year and September eighteenth of two thousand twelve. Okay. Um, those are the two most likely. In, give me in those dates. Give me those dates again. Best, best take on it. Give me those dates again, real quick, Steve. Jewish Holy Days for 2011. Rosh Hashanah and Trumpets is September 30th, and Trumpets is actually a two-day festival. Now, the second day of the festival is called the Day of the Last Trump. So it was and that September. Ring a bell to those that know what Paul said. So that so you and then September the 18th of 2012 is Rosh Hashanah. Okay, all right. And Rosh Hashanah is is the beginning of three holy days, followed by you know trumpets and uh, uh, Sukkot uh, booths and and the uh, the holiest day of all. Okay, all right, um, Steve. We've got we've got those dates marked down. We, uh, I don't agree with you, but I, I, you've, you've prompted me to do some additional study on the meaning of those Greek words in Matthew 24 and Luke 21, and we'll do could, that. Could uh, you do one thing? If, if uh, any of your viewers want to uh, check out my teaching, it's it's on the YouTube, and all I have to do is type in my name, and, and there's about uh, eight or nine of them up there right now. Okay. Uh, Steve, What and your last name is S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Gerard. E-P-H-E-N, Stephen Gerard. J-A-R-R-A-R-D. Hey. Gerard. All right, Steve. Thanks for calling in tonight. Thank right, you. I really appreciate what you guys are doing. Thank Great. you. We're going to talk. 
We'll talk to you on the other side of the break. Uh, we'll hopefully take your call at 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. And uh, we want to hear your thoughts. And no doubt you have some. There's some in the chat room. Why don't you give us a call if you're in the chat room tonight and let us know what you think about what you've heard on the program tonight. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So if you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the Virtual Bible Study and are interested in finding out more about the church, but you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more, there's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study and hope to hear from you soon. Hello, I'm Nick Law from Jennings, Florida. I love to listen to the virtual Bible study and hear God's Word taught every Thursday night. Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. We welcome you back to the program tonight. We've got a lot of ground to cover. There's been a lot of wild stuff you've heard on the program tonight. We want to look at what the Bible tells us about the end of the world. Before we go on, we should mention that we are looking forward to the end of the world. And if it was tomorrow, it would be great. Yeah, it would be, be great. I, wish, be I hope great. it is tomorrow. And, uh, and I hope that these guys are wrong. I hope it's sooner than what they say. But uh, what does the Bible tell us about uh, the end of the world? Well, first of all, I, I, I think Eric in the chat room talked about being frustrated. He says the frustrating thing, it doesn't matter how many times someone makes a date and it doesn't come to pass, these guys don't quit. Somebody just comes out with another theory. And I think that's right. Earlier in the chat room, uh, I, I think uh, somebody, anyway, earlier in the chat room posted over 200 predictions right. of the end. I've got a list here of several dozen different productions. In fact, Harold Camping, who was associated with the first guest we interviewed tonight, predicted it, I think, September 10th, 1994. 1994. And uh, here's, let me read you how crazy this is. This just, I'm, I'm getting a headache. Anthony, I'm getting a headache from trying to Anthony's keep up with it. has got a headache, too. Uh, right? I know. It's, it's been very uh, tough. Uh, here's what Harold Camping, now he was wrong because he predicted in 1994 and he didn't make it. Now he's redone his prediction to May 21st of this year. And his followers, as we, as one of them we talked to, is selling all of his property and disposing of all his earthly wealth by that date. He yeah. said he's doing it. Yeah. Uh, but here's, here's, here's the kind of stuff that's going on here. Harold Camping, how did he come to his first date, 1994? Well, he says, John 21, verses 1 through 14, Jesus, this is after Jesus' resurrection. He went to Galilee, and he saw his disciples out fishing. He right. was on the bank. Jesus tells the disciples who were about 200 cubics out to the Sea of Galilee to throw their net on the right side of the boat. The result was a catch of 153 fish. According to Harold Camping, the scriptures are teaching that the 200 cubits represent about 2,000 years between the first and second comings of Christ. Since Camping states that the most likely date for the birth of Christ is October 4th, 7 B.C., when the Jubilee trumpet allegedly sounded, 
One needs only to add 2,000 years minus one year for the zero year, and out pops 1994. Mm-hmm. Concerning the 153 fish, Camping points out that the number 153 equals 3 times 3 times 17. <laughs> the number 3 signifies the purpose of God, whereas the number 17 signifies heaven. Thus, we can learn that the purpose of God is to bring all believers that are caught by the gospel into heaven. Woo. i tell you what. Now, uh, Gunther von Haringa said he's an engineer, and that's how he can figure this stuff out. Jacob, you're an engineer. How come you never came up with that? I don't know. I don't know either. Uh, I, I tell you, it, it is frustrating to me and, and mind-boggling how some of this how, how some of this connection is being made. Uh, I, I to, to the to Steve who just called from Georgia, he he's putting a specific interpretation on a Greek word. He says the scholars who translated the the English versions of our Bibles missed it. Uh, Luke twenty one thirty two. Verily I say unto you, that generation shall not pass till all be fulfilled. The King James says this generation. He says it should have been that. And he says it's the generation that saw Jerusalem taken in the sixty seven war. Where is that in the context? Yeah, that's not in the context. It doesn't say anything about the Jews retaking Jerusalem in the context. Yeah. Uh, I tell you, you've got to do a tremendous amount of squeezing and twisting here to get the scriptures to come to the conclusion that these men are getting. All right. And then we had Paul Begley, who took prophecies. And I, I, I listened some to the family radio uh, network. And uh, they're pulling, what they do is they pull various prophecies, as did Paul Begley. They pull just verses out, pull them out of context, and they make them fit current modern-day events. This has been going on, Dad, for years and years. People go to the Old Testament, pull an obscure prophecy that in context made sense and was fulfilled, but it fits something in modern day, and they say, here you go, here's the prophecy. Well, uh, Hosea's prophecy, which is the one that Paul Begley is resting his conclusions on, very much had to do with prophecies against uh, the children of Israel. It starts out, Hosea 4, verse 1, the text that he's resting on, starts out, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel. It was a prophecy to them. Uh, and and he spoke of the, the, the punishment that was going to be delivered against them for their unfaithfulness. Now, there's got to be some reason to connect that to animal deaths in the year 2011 that I don't see in the text. Right. I mean, we we certainly believe the Old Testament scriptures. We study them. We learn from them. There's a lot of information there that helps us understand the nature of God and his dealings with people. Uh, but th- there's nothing in that text that would imply things that are happening in our day and time. I don't know why those animals have died. I thought the bird death in B.B. Arkansas was particularly unusual. If I was going to speculate, my guess is that the government was doing some kind of goofy testing out there and killed some birds. I don't know. There's no way of proving that. But I don't see anything in the Bible that points to that. Okay. All right. Well, um, quickly, um, Anthony, you had some thoughts as you listened tonight as well. Yeah, I just, I really just echoing what Greg has said. It, there's, there's no scriptural, contextual basis for these conclusions that are being drawn. Uh, it, it seems to me that just sort of plucking things out of context and putting things together, and especially our, our caller guest who we just spoke with, Stephen, just uh, seemed to, and even the others, it's, they're approaching the Bible as if it's this giant mystery that has to be solved or a puzzle that has to be unlocked. And if you put this verse with that verse, and if you interpret this this way, 
and I'm just not I just don't see that the Bible uh, asks us to to approach it as a some sort of conundrum. All right, uh, Anthony, are you I using agree. the Anthony Cam tonight? I have not oh, okay. made well, use of the no, Anthony well, they're, they're yet. They're wanting that. The, the listeners <laughs> want that. Uh, now, uh, Dad, uh, all of this is in the face of what the scriptures tell us about the end of the world, and that there is there is no sign, and uh, that uh, we're not going to know. Plain, a couple of plain scriptures. Second Peter three ten. The day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Th- the Lord will come as a thief in the night. How does a thief come? Yeah, signs. He sends you. He, he calls you up. He, he calls you up, or he leaves a note on your front door saying, "I'm going to be there at 11:37 tomorrow night." He gives you a math word problem. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "I'm coming. If you can solve this algebra I'll equation, I'll be there at nine times four plus 36 <laughs> not, minutes not, past." Well, yeah. we don't mean to be making light of these fellas, other than than just to say it seems incredibly bizarre to some of the things that are being trying to be put together. The scripture plainly says he's coming as a thief in the night. Thieves do not give advance warning, and they don't give signs indicating they, they can't succeed if they give a sign that indicates that they're coming. Yeah. And so they give, they, they're very careful not to let anybody even suspect that. They're, and that's what, Je, that's what Jesus uh, is going to do. He's going to come as a thief in the night. And, and that's repeated, by the way, in First Thessalonians 5, verses 2 and 3. Yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction come upon them as a travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. You know, if, if, if I knew for sure, I, here's one of the reasons I think it probably not specified. If I knew for sure that Jesus was coming on May 21st, 2011, I would. I would do as Gunther von Haringa does. I'd get rid of all my earthly wealth. I'd spend it. I'd waste it. I'd fritter it away. But what, wouldn't it also be an invitation to just live as wickedly and ungodly as you as you wanted yep. until the last minute yep. and then get right? Yep. It would be an invitation to low living. Yep. And the Lord's not going to do that. Well, certainly uh, some bizarre things uh, that have been said, and uh, we had some emails that uh, we ought to look at. Uh, Aaron, uh, Sherry is in uh, Singapore, uh, sent in her comments. She would like to ask this guy who says it's going to be on May 21st, uh, 2010. She wants to know if he'd be- sell his house to her for a dollar. As part of the contract, he would be allowed to live in the house until May 22nd. I'm willing to pay the closing cost. I would extend this offer to any of his followers as well. So, uh, Sherry would like to make you a deal if you think that you won't need your well, house now, after May 21st. In fairness to Mr. Gunther von Haringa, he said that he is living that way, that he's disposing of his personal wealth by May 21st. So, I mean, if you really believed it, then you'd be a hypocrite not to do that. You would. All right. Uh, Mohan in uh, Chicago, Illinois, uh, um, wants to know, would people recommend quitting their jobs, dropping out of school? You ask him that question. Um, and then uh, uh, from Bill in Texas, he asked, if you really believe it, have you sold all your possessions and given to those who are poor? Uh, on, May, on the 22nd of May, while sitting at your uh, computer, please email with your reasons why it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And you know that that is true. There needs to be accountability here. These people are rock solid certain. Their websites all use the motto "We can know." Now, if it doesn't happen, let's wh- let's, wh- let's try and get them on. Maybe we can. Uh, maybe we can if get a follow up interview. Okay, uh, Kevin 
in Hot Springs, Arkansas, says the devil has the attention of some when time is spent on trivia like these dates rather than personal repentance and spreading the simple truth of the gospel. I think that's really right on, Kevin. All right. And lots of comments that we have uh, that we have missed, but uh, we are out of time tonight. And so uh, we appreciate uh, you for sending those comments in. We'll try and look at those. And, and we may and we may need to do some follow up work on on some of the things you said. One of the things that w- when we have a interviews and we spent 45 minutes of our hour tonight jacob with people on the phone getting their views we that didn't give us a lot of chance to to explain what we believe the bible actually teaches which is a, is a little bad and kind of frustrating to us and we may need to do some follow-up along those lines but we we wanted to get these people's views and i think probably them explaining themselves was probably good enough for a lot of people to say that that doesn't make sense All Right. Okay. Anthony, the chat room wants the Anthony Camp, so you got to pass okay, it by him. I don't know if that here. was your wife that was saying that or not, but uh, somebody yep. wants the Anthony Camp there. Okay. Uh, Anthony, thanks for being behind the controls today. Uh, no problem. It's it's always a pleasure. Uh, definitely an interesting evening tonight and gives us a lot of food for thought going forward. So. Well, Anthony actually, Anthony actually gave us the one of the lead for uh, for Paul Begley. Right? Yeah, you, oh, you right. first saw the YouTube uh, of Paul Begley. We, we, by the way, we appreciate those fellas' uh, willingness to talk. I uh, we, we always got to make that note. Even when we disagree with people, we are thankful for their willingness to explain what they believe. Uh, I wish more people in the religious world were that way. Unfortunately, and they're not. And we don't want to belittle anyone, and it's not just, it's, that's not the purpose of the program. So I hope that we weren't taken that way tonight. No, but I, I do want it to be understood that we disagree with the conclusions drawn by uh, Gunther and Paul and Steve, we disagree with their conclusions. All right, and uh, again, thanks to Anthony for the clue. And uh, our program a couple weeks ago was prompted by a listener. So if you know of someone that we could interview or some topic that would make a good uh, topic of discussion on a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, please be sure to send it in. Uh, Dad, thank you for your good time tonight. Thank you, Jacob. And thank you for being on the other, other end of the line. We hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. We hope you make plans to be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime... We encourage you to put God first in your life, study his inspired word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.